Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. Today's episode is our coverage of Pasadena Comic Con. Austin Grant and I headed over to the Pasadena Convention Center this last weekend to check out all the festivities, and we had a really an incredible time. Uh, Pasadena Comic Con is a really, really small Comic Con, uh, primarily just full of, uh, of different uh, comic artists, comic book vendors, um, and toy collectors. So it was really cool to be able to check this out. And they did have a few uh, guests that we did interview on this episode. We had Jim Hillen and his comic book, Zombie Bunnies. Uh, Jim was a really cool guest to talk with uh, for the short few minutes we had with him. And I uh, learned a lot more about him after we left. Uh, he's had quite the career um, in visual effects in Hollywood. And yeah, we talked a little bit about that on here uh, after Austin and I realized everything that he's actually worked on. He was, he was quite humble not telling us about all of these incredible projects he's been a part of. Uh, but yeah, it was great to talk with Jim about zombie bunnies. And then also we talked with Margaret Carey, uh, who was the model for Tinkerbell. And at first we were, we were kind of confused on what that consisted of being the model for Tinkerbell in the original Peter Pan movie. And it was absolutely incredible hearing her story and how all of that came about and seeing the pictures, you know, as she worked on the film. And I mean, what we see on screen as Tinkerbell is absolutely everything that she did. It was really a cool uh, experience to be able to talk with her and learn about some of the other projects she's worked on as well. Uh, she also has a book out uh, kind of recapping her entire time in Hollywood. And, uh, and yeah, it's really, really fascinating. Hope you guys really enjoy these interviews. Uh, you know, learning about Margaret's career and Jim's comic book, Zombie Bunnies, and some of his past work as well. Uh, yeah, we had a great time. Austin and I also spent some time kind of wandering around Pasadena, um, checking out a few uh, few different things. The Antique Mall, City Hall, uh, that was a uh, city hall in uh, Parks and Rec. Uh, that was really cool to check out. And yeah, we had a good time and kind of talked about some of that as well. Uh, yeah, if you're ever out here during Pasadena Comic Con, it's only a one day event, but it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, again, thank you for having us, Pasadena Comic Con. It was really a great time. It's our first convention of 2000. 2018. Uh, many more to come. Of course, we'll have our usual WonderCon coverage in March and San Diego Comic-Con in July. And I'm sure there's a lot more that um, you know we'll have kind of coming up here. Uh, also, don't forget to mark your calendars March 1st over at the Nerdist Showroom at Meltdown Comics. We'll be putting on the Best Picture Sketch Show. Uh, we're currently in the process of getting all of that written, casting our sketches, and yeah, putting together some digital shorts as well. It's going to be a really fun time. We're really happy with how everything's coming together. And hopefully you guys will really enjoy that. Uh, as well. So thank you again to Pasadena Comic Con for having us come out and check out the, the convention. It was really a great time. We were thrilled to be a part of it. Hope you guys enjoy this episode live from Pasadena Comic Con. Enjoy the episode. I just, I like this air freshener of Tina. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. <laughs> I haven't watched any Bob's Burgers in a while. Oh, this season's been so good. That's what it's, you said. The Christmas episode was amazing. Isn't it a musical? Yeah, it's an, it's like a musical episode that yeah, it's 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 a two-part episode. Oh, if it's two parts. Yeah. You know it's good cuz yeah, I couldn't squeeze solid. it into one. That's yeah. what she said. <laughs> You've been on that's what I, she I've said today. I've had a lot of that's what she said. Um so far, they've all been pretty good. Not like just completely wasted, you know, saying it <laughs> for everything. But, uh, yeah, they've been all right. So it's a perfect day for a Comic-Con. It's a gorgeous That was like the most day. unnatural, like, just like. That sounded so like. <laughs> Here's a ad brought to you by. Brought Lux. to you by Pasadena Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but it really is. It's bright blue yeah. skies, not a cloud out there. Mid 80s. 80s. It's like just warm enough. The taint is just as sweaty as it can get. Uh, and then you had to say that. God, we were all having a great day. Well, that's a. It, it still is a good day. A sweaty taint just means it's oh, nice and warm outside. When you say it again, it's just like the, the reinforcing of <laughs> the sweaty taint. Because sweaty balls. That makes me want to go to a Comic-Con. <laughs> they have sweaty taints there? They have sweaty taints at Comic-Con. How much? Five ninety nine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> get, get your own Chewbacca taint. It may look like American, but it's just a Chewbacca taint. <laughs> if you pet it, it'll bark. <laughs> <laughs> it was the hand gesture. The, the front to back wipe. <laughs> I like that I do hand gestures even though it's an audible <laughs> medium here and right. nobody That's can see it. Like, it's it's it. for your own well-being and I'm just like... I don't know if I'd say well-being, but <laughs> entertaining nonetheless. But no, it was, a, it was our first time at Pasadena's Comic-Con and... It was a lot of fun. It, it was really like, was. It was like, it's so small and quaint, but like enough there that it, it's like a great hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of, it, it's it's in just a small section of the Pasadena Convention Center. Uh-huh. Just like one little hall. And yeah, I mean, it was just a handful of artists, a few comic book vendors, a few toy collectors. A few cosplayers. Yeah, a f- like, handful of cosplayers. Just enough and, to like go have a cool afternoon and, and uh, yeah, you know, have some fun. Yeah, I mean, it was, there, there was some fantastic art that we saw. So it was some of the... Uh, yeah, there was, this whole, there was this table that had all these... Uh, like spinoff of like just pretty much anything, and they were all zombie zombified, zombified, and it was so cool. Um, there's a stormtrooper that was zombified, and we're like, yeah. man, that, that needs be, to be a th- yeah, that needs, needs to be a thing. thing. It yeah, it was so it cool. was blood and teeth, handmade horrors. That's a Mr. Dust is who it yeah who it was yeah, and that was yeah it was it was really cool. Like there'll be a bunch of pictures that I'll put up on the website of of some of those and probably they had our, all the Mario characters that were zombified. Yeah, all the all the Mario uh, Buzz Lightyear. Oh, that one was sweet. That he one looked was like really he, cool. It was like a space zombie, like torched up, yeah. like missing an arm, and uh, it was yeah, it was, it was pretty yeah. Rad. That one, that one was cool. Like it was just it was different than what I mean. So many comic cons, and I mean we've had the opportunity to go to a fair amount. Like I mean, a lot of them are are kind of the same to yeah, a degree. Yeah. But you know, th- th- this one even though it was the same kind of thing, it was just like very hand selected like smaller outlets. Yeah, and maybe it's the fact that there's not so much that you are able to kind of spot out these like little yeah. things where you're not immediately drawn to like the big nice booth. You're like, "Oh, I'm looking yeah, at this you... little this little thing and it's like, oh, there's actually some pretty cool content here." Yeah, you don't have like a 50 foot, you know, prime lighting Fox booth or Warner Brothers booth and up oh, there, there's our usual California siren. <laughs> it would not, it would not be a, a podcast episode without it. But hopefully, they're pulling over the lady that, um, almost, that almost killed you earlier. Yeah, that almost got me into a crash. <laughs> yeah, that's welcome to driving in, in Los Angeles. Yeah, there, there's always that person that's just like, I'm just gonna go like 10 miles per hour in this oh, 60 man. mile per hour lane. Yeah. I don't know why that's the voice they have, but it... Yeah, it's, they just have this whiny, like, no, not I quite want, American I want to get and not quite British. It's just <laughs> whiny. It's just whiny. So, but, yeah, it was a... Uh, but back to back to Pasadena Comic Con. No, it was, a, it was a good time, so... And, got some cool interviews. Yeah, we've got some cool interviews that'll be on the on the end here. 
uh, Margaret Car- Carey that was a uh, she she was Tinkerbell. She is Tinkerbell. I keep saying was because Peter Pan hasn't been you know a big part of pop culture in a while. But I mean, she even corrected us that no, I still am Tinkerbell. <laughs> you are Tinkerbell. Like she literally is Tinkerbell, and, and being able to kind of see. You know how Tinkerbell. I, I did not realize that they actually used a person and had them act out. Yeah. You know all of Tinkerbell's movements, and I mean she had pictures at her booth where like she they had a makeshift keyhole that uh-huh. she's like hanging through. Like yeah, when Tinkerbell on a, on a gets, stage, they yeah. had like this little makeshift keyhole thing, and she would have to like do the poses in these like really abstract, weird uh, stage setups. And uh, I wanted to ask her which was her favorite pose. <laughs> There's one where she looked like she was just holding a sit-up. And yeah. I was like, how long did you have to hold that? Well, they well, they drew it. Well, they well they didn't draw it while she was holding the poses. So what like what they she was draw saying. They would draw and she would fit to the picture? No, they would film it was what she was saying. And they had the lights blasting so it would kind of cast the shadow. And then that's how the animators would work to it. Oh, they did it off the shadow. Yeah. So they were building... I mean, they had her movements that they were filming so that they could, you know, model up Tinkerbell's movements. Gosh, I, I, I feel like I'm such a fan of practical effects and real real effects in movies and shows. Yeah. And there's there really is such a little, like, magic in all of the old stuff because I feel like they really had to... They had to create it. They couldn't just, oh, let's bullshit some stuff in the computer effects. You know, they yeah. had to, like, really sit down and, like, think about everything. Think about everything. <laughs> and, uh... You had to go there. I did. There's my <laughs> awful dad pun for the day. And, uh, yeah, and actually, like, you do it hands-on with, yeah. with everything. And there's something that's... Even though, like, a lot of it's outdated and it's cheesy, there's something about old mechanical Yoda that's way, way better than the computerized Yoda. Yeah, yeah, when you, when you, you see like, original Yoda and then you, you see like, the prequels. To, even, <laughs> even though it's completely fake and a robot, you're like, I don't know why I kind of like this one yeah. more, though. Like, the Gremlins. Imagine if Gremlins was oh, computerized. Oh, that would be that's terrible. That's just blasphemous to even like, say out I loud. I know, but what, they would nowadays. If the movie was yeah. made right now, those, they would not make all of those uh, practical effects. At this, but if it was Spielberg, I think they would. If it was Spielberg, just because he has that mentality. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of the new Star Wars, they're still using practical effects. Like, yeah, with like Rogue One, Garth, Gareth Edwards was just, like, set on, like, he wanted everything to be practical. I know J.J., for the most part, is the same way. And Yeah, it, it, there's a difference. Yeah, it, it's what keeps them still looking good, despite what people may have thought of The Last Jedi. I think it was fucking fantastic. I still haven't seen it. I, th- I think it was great. And But with Star Wars fans, you're never going to make them happy. Either it's too much of the same or it's too different. It can never make them happy. Yeah. Never. And I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but it's like, I also understand how stories build. <laughs> so it's like, no, it was totally fine. I loved it. So I, I, I really couldn't understand the hate. That's, so, that's just incredible, though, the, the process of those early Disney yeah. pictures. Yeah, I mean, I've th- there, was a, there was a book that I ran across at Barnes & Noble a while back that went through a lot of the animation of how they built so many of the Disney uh, animated, uh, early animated films. But, yeah, I had no idea that they... I, I knew... I remember when I was a kid, they showed, like, The Lion King, how the animators would actually go out to, like, the Sahara and to the safaris and stuff and watch how those animals' movements were, and they'd film that so that as they were... And, I mean, that's still as, like, early computer animation was really coming into play. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they, they would match all of it to that. And that 
was fascinating to me as a kid, but then seeing this, you know, Peter Pan came out in what, like the the forties, fifties? I have no idea. It, it was some some something like that, but uh-huh. yeah, to be able to see that, that was just kind of. It's amazing really and to cool. hear her she story. Was a total sweetheart too. Yeah, she was an absolute sweetheart, and yeah, could not could not have been nicer. And yeah, just to hear her stories about you know being Tinkerbell. Yeah, they, I mean it was incredibly fascinating. She has a book that I'll link everybody to on the website that they can check out her full story and learn more about it. But yeah, it's, it was really cool. And she also we found out was in uh, a ton of the Three Stooges as well, uh-huh. um, as well as the Andy Griffith Show. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it was just like that, that's one thing that we quickly uh, learned after we left that you know some of these guests at this particular convention like all have like these sterling resumes. Uh, Jim Hillen was another one that we that we interviewed uh, because his comic book that he had there caught my eye because it was, I was, it was just the like, first thing we saw. Yeah, and it was zombie bunnies, and I was just like, all right, I'm on board. What what the hell is zombie bunnies like? <laughs> And, it's and, so out there that yeah, you got me. It, it grabbed me immediately, and he was great to talk to as well, learning about you know his, his early comic that this was a spinoff of, and how those two universes come together. And yeah, it was really cool to talk with him. And then we kind of look him up after after we had finished recording. He let us know that you know he's he's worked in graphic arts and stuff for years, and I think he said thirty five plus years in in the business. Currently, he's working on the new Mary Poppins film. Yeah, well, worked and wouldn't worked. Yeah, because he's his process is yeah his process done. is done. But yeah, he worked on the new Mary Poppins film that'll come out this Christmas. But then he's telling us like just that little bit, and we kind of look him up on IMDb afterwards, and his resume is insane. Like Suicide Squad, most recently, like one of the most redeeming factors of that movie was the effects and everything. In it. Yeah, and like he worked on that. Uh, I am Legend. Uh, was something he had oh, worked the, the on. The list is stupid. Hold on, let me. And yeah, stupid, I mean, I mean that's a complete compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolute compliment. Uh, he, he, I mean, some of his earlier work, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, he did. He was one of the CGI coordinators on that, as well as Aladdin. Yeah, Spider-Man Two, Beauty and the Beast, I Am Legend. Uh, the Good Doctor, which is a hit yeah. right now. Preacher, Preacher, which is a big hit right now. Yeah, I mean this this guy. Criminal Minds. Yeah. Uh, He's done so much in uh, Birth, of Birth of a Nation, which was a Castle, huge hit at Sundance. Once upon a time. Uh, yeah, these are all like some of the Jack biggest Giant shows Slayer, and stuff Priest. out there. And yeah, yeah he just kind of goes on. Yeah, he just kind of yeah. I worked on Mary Poppins. Cool. Like didn't he say I've done a couple things? Or, yeah, he didn't done, really a couple play it up or anything. In and, my spare time, I yeah. just like do effects on like Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah, he he didn't really play it up or anything. It was just like, yeah, I do stuff, and yeah, do stuff is a is an understatement. Like, he's done some amazing stuff. <laughs> so, but yeah, he he was really cool to talk to uh, as well, and we'll have links to to uh, that on the website uh, too. But uh, I know like, some of the cosplay. I mean, it was sparing because it's a very small convention. It's not like what we're used to seeing at San Diego Comic Con or WonderCon or New York Comic Con. It's not it's not like any of those. But the little bits of cosplay were fantastic. There was a giant uh, transformer. Yeah, that was I really was cool. You were standing <laughs> there, and I hear this like, I'm like, what the hell is that? And I like turn around, and it was like where you turn around, and then your eyes go up, and there yeah. was like this eight foot freaking transformer walking behind me. And I was like, I was about okay. to try and get your attention, and then I was just like, no, I'll see how this plays out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I look at Tim, and he's already smiling. And... <laughs> 
I, I, I wanted to see I if you'd like, well, be startled right. by a random transformer, and you were. Just your average day in Pasadena. Yeah, just walking around, transformers behind you. But I would love to see like, you know, that guy just walking around the mall or something. Yeah. Somewhere completely, or just walks into that church we were over. At yeah, we, City we Hall. yeah we went and wandered around over at City Hall afterwards. Yeah, he just wandered just, into the he's church. He's just at mass, <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the the bleachers. The good Lord will see you now. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls up to the front. He, he transforms into his own pew. <laughs> <laughs> Hymnal and all. <laughs> So one of the, well, I think one of our favorites was uh, Pennywise. Yeah, Pennywise was sweet. Yeah, we both w- walked into that little uh, side room and we're like, oh. Yeah, it was actually very creepy. So they they did a they did a good job. Bill Skarsgård would be uh, would be proud. <laughs> yeah, he had a little SS Georgie boat. Yeah, yeah. We we both got our picture with him, and we very rarely ever take pictures with cosplayers, and that was. That was one of those like, yeah, I need, I need a picture of that. I gotta get one with Pennywise here. Yeah, that was, it was a really good uh, good cosplay. But, yeah, it was a, for our first Pasadena Comic-Con, I, I'm very happy with it. It was a good experience and de- yeah, was, definitely something I would return I, to. I'm not, like, a huge Comic-Con person, you know, so it was, like, a, it was perfect. It was exactly what, go spend an hour, hour and a half, like, did everything we needed to do and wanted yeah. to do, and it was fun. It's just a one-day convention, too. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't feel like you're like, oh, man, we got to walk all the way across town and yeah. check this out, then all the way back across town. And... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a good one-day small the, convention. Let's not forget about the Star Wars pinball. Oh, yes, the Star Wars pinball machine. That was so cool. It was really cool. I, I played a few times. I'm terrible at pinball. but Tim got his ass kicked. Yeah, I got my ass kicked in it. He was but... still smiling like a child. I was. It was... The Star Wars pinball. It was, he was he was he was working. That was very Seinfeldian in there. <laughs> Star Wars pinball. Yeah, Star Wars pinball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you did you make it to the youngling rank or did you? I, I don't think I, don't I think, did. I don't think you even made it to youngling. No, I, I I just kept shooting at the Death Star and that was, that was and about it. it. Went right between the pegs. Yep, we went right between right between the little flipper thingies. That shows you how pinball literate I am. Is yeah, the flipper, the flipper, the bobbers, the, the, when I hit the, the button thingies the on the coil side. McGigger and the yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I love pinball though. I I always enjoyed it, and I I think pinball machines are so cool. They are, especially like a nice one. Yeah, like the hundred dollar one you buy at Sports <laughs> Authority or wherever. I will eventually own that Star Wars pinball machine. I'm sure you will. I I definitely will. I so see it, you as a someone who. Uh, it's like a nice little living room for guests, and you have some like some tea or coffee, and then there's just a a random machine Star Wars right pinball there, machine yeah, just right right there. Why not? <laughs> it would fit the aesthetic of the home. <laughs> so in the middle of the night, though, I'm sure like little one would be up there. I would hear things like pinging around, and what the hell is that? And the cat's up there. Then <laughs> <laughs> you walk in, and she's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Lick yourself. I'm not playing pinball. You, you don't see me playing pinball. It's like, you're talking to me. What? Meow. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Comic-Con was, it was a ton of fun. It was like a nice, it was a little, a, a little, little itty bitty so con. Little, little uh, itty bitty Comic-Con that was like the right amount of time. Went in, bada bing, bada bop, saw it all and had, had fun. Yeah, it was just a good, good quick like hour and a half and we were, and then and afterwards, there was also like a tattoo uh, 
convention yeah. going on right across the way. So that Which would have just beyond torn Jesse because he would have had to decide between the two. Yeah. And we checked out a little antique shop. That the was antique fun. shop was fun. There was little. There was all sorts of like cool books and and hats. It was mostly and, us just walking around riffing off of stuff. Yeah, and, tra- and hoping that nobody was following us to kick us out. <laughs> One of them being this really cool deer. Who, yeah, party uh, deer. Party deer. He had uh, on every single point of his antlers. He had like what appeared to be a shot glass. Yeah, yeah I just it wasn't I... a shot glass. I think they're meant to hold candles. Yeah, but it <laughs> party like... deer's here. Welcome to the forest. This is party deer. <laughs> party deer, yeah. Woo! 2018 <laughs> raises his hooves. <laughs> raises his hooves and then accidentally starts to spill out some of his shots. He's like, no, no, oh, dude, come on. <laughs> Pour some out for the past deers. Yeah. <laughs> One for my homies. <laughs> Who got literally shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I see him having one of those, like, beer helmets on. That yeah. has, like, the straw down <laughs> in his mouth. <laughs> I, I can he's absolutely in a, He's in a fraternity. <laughs> what, what, what fraternity would he be? Uh, D double kappa? D I think that's Dear Kappa. That's as far as Dear I know. Dear Kappa. <laughs> I think that's actually a sorority, not a fraternity. But I don't know because I wasn't a douchebag. I, so. right. I, I can't stand any of those fraternities. Fraternities? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's how much I know. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you're like reaching stroke level. like Fraternities. <laughs> or I'm just too drunk. <laughs> From Party Deer! Party Deer! <laughs> Nobody's sober around Party Deer. <laughs> Except for City Deer. He, City Deer comes to the party and he's just like, I discovered pants and <laughs> I don't know if I can do this anymore. Yeah, gosh, these wild forest deers are just... I feel like I'm, I'm not... <laughs> I don't belong. <laughs> but then Party Deer just talks him into it. He's like, no, bro, have a shot, have a shot. Come on, uh, man. I'm Party Deer. You don't want to disappoint Party Deer. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> it's like, who invited Party Deer? Dude, this is Party Deer's party. This is my party, part of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't so know, we, then we had a tea party, too, while we were there. We had a dainty little tea party. Yeah, Tim looks like the, the Mad Hatter, or he belongs at the table. I definitely the belong Hatter. at the table. So there, there's no You've always that. belonged at the table. <laughs> this was just a picture to like. See, I do See, believe. I, I, I forget Johnny Depp. I belong there legitimately. No acting involved. That's kind of just how you act at home. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking tea. Oh me, oh my! Some tea for both of us. Little ones. one sitting at the under the other end of the table. <laughs> What's going on, Tim? Little uh, little one's very much like the the mad hair. That, that that makes sense. Yeah? Yeah. The little one's too smart. She, that's very true. She's way too smart. So, I mean, cats are, as it is, kind of passive-aggressive, and she definitely... She's passive-aggressive, but yet very, very cunning. I know. She's kind of, kind of warming up to me. She's, like, not quite as, like, leave me alone, but every time I, like, pet her, there's still that look of, like, why is this stranger petting me in my own home? <laughs> you you would think you wouldn't even be a stranger to her at this point. You would think. You would think, but little one's got her. She's got her vices, not her vices, but her like. Where she? She knows what she likes. <laughs> <laughs> For such a tiny cat, she has so much spunk. 
<laughs> I don't know why that was funny. <laughs> you just liked the word spunk. I, it, was, it was well used. Spunk. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah pa- Pasadena, it was a fun day in Pasadena. I mean, even though Pasadena is only, I just said Pasadena way too many times in that sentence. <laughs> even, even though it's only like a 20-minute drive yeah. away from me, like, yeah, it's it's a cool little place. So, I mean, that was historic Pasadena, too, because City Hall was... I mean, it, it's Pawnee City Hall and Parks and Rec. So, and that was the main reason we wandered over there. I wanted to, I wanted to get a picture in front of yeah, Pawnee was, City Hall. So, and, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, it was There's like an nice, old mission type of feel to it. Yeah, I feel like we should... Or we should be in, like, uh, King's Landing. We're, like, walking around yeah. talking politics. <laughs> With our hands behind our backs. Or, or like, very, in very front serious. of us, but each hand is in the other sleeve. Oh, yes. <laughs> Something like that. Or we just kind of nod to each other. Mm. <laughs> yes, the seven kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm a unit. Yeah, because it was all a dirt, like, ground in, the in like, the forecourt? Is that... Yeah, the, the courtyard. The courtyard, the... yeah. I guess it wasn't a forecourt. Forecourt's in front of it. Is that right? Yeah, I, I think so. Sounds right. Yeah, sure. So we're, using, we're just using fancy words. The forecourt. The forecourt. The forecourt. The courtyard. And the... Pillars. <laughs> Those are aggressive pillars. <laughs> pillars! <laughs> no, sir, we call them pillars. <laughs> pillars. Yeah, it was a cool, really cool place. So I, I like Pasadena now. I've only spent minimal time here, but every time I'm out here, I'm like, I like this place. It yeah. seems very clean and fun, and there's like stuff oh, to do. Oh, that's true. You, you, you had spent some time in Pasadena before when we were out here. You Netflix and mm. chilled to Pasadena. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> No, mostly just Netflixed. We didn't see Austin for three days. Let's just put it that way. You saw me at <laughs> night when I came back to... The- no, we saw you during the day randomly when you were like, I need to come home and sleep and shower. <laughs> wash the Netflix off. Yeah, well, wash all the Netflix off. I have too many times asking if I was still watching on me. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, we've got we we have we had a good time, and now we kind of have to like figure out more of the sketch show. We've we've got a we've got a good start on the sketch show. Yeah, we've we've, so we've got ideas for everything other than a couple couple of the movies that we're still like working on some solid, more solid material yeah. other than just like a couple jokes. But um, it's, it's gonna overall it's, gonna be it's, fun. it's shaping up. Just keep chugging along and. Yeah, I mean we're we're a little over a month out from it because it's March first over at the at the Nerdist showroom, and yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. Tim's promising me some pizza yes, while we work on these. Yeah, because Austin has not had any pizza since he's been out here because Fat Tomato, which we loved, <sighs> is gone. Gosh, way so, to just and, kill the mood. But but I, I found a few good pizza places out here. So it's not like there's not a, yeah, I mean, good pizza places. That was just kind of I've like, become a pizza, was, a bit it, of a pizza snob. It was, you're, you're a pizza slut. I am a pizza slut. So, But I became a pizza snob. So like New York kind of changed me a little. So and like I, I found some really good pizza there, but, and things started to not compare. So, but garage pizza in Silver Lake and tomato pie in Silver Lake have been fantastic. Pizza and they, actually sounds really good right they now. They have vegan gluten free pizzas, which are perfect for me, and they're so fucking good, so good. So, but garage pizza pissed me off the other night. They managed to piss me off because I the only way you can order from them is through uh, is through Postmates or po- Postmates or Grubhub. And so I order through Postmates, and all of a sudden I get a text that says, Sorry, your Postmates order's been canceled. The merchant is too busy to take orders. Uh, well, 
cuts to inside the the pizza shop and they're all like watching friends. Yeah. They're like, oh, I love this episode. No, no, we're still watching. We're still watching. It continue. It continue. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's your single job is to take orders and make pizzas. Like, you gave me an estimated time of an it's hour. It's one thing to, to be like, it's going to be like an hour long wait or whatever, yeah. but at least you'll be getting the pizza. They're just like, nah. Nah, we're not going to make it. We don't want to take your order. It's like, what the fuck? We're like, on smoke break, dude. And it was like 15 minutes after I placed the orders of the whole time. I'm waiting for my pizza. And yeah, 15 minutes later. But then uh, t- tomato tomato pie uh, in Silver Lake. They, they've been one of my go-tos because they're a little bit more affordable for their uh, for their vegan pizza. And uh, they, they, they saved the day. They, they, they were my heroes. <laughs> Anytime you get pizza, <laughs> you say that. What, wasn't there like a meme that Johnny sent you of like some amazing oh my gosh, Chicago it's so pizza? So funny, yeah. yeah. Like I, I remember you showing it to me, and it was like you gotta pull it up. I had laughed so hard I'd because hate to it was quote. It was so perfect. So yeah, it's this pizza shop. The caption is just "This is my last resort," and on the pizza shop it says, "Cut my life into pizzas," <laughs> spelled in number two pizzas. <laughs> Cut my life into pizzas. This, this is, is my, my last resort. resort. And no I- sausage, pepperoni. <laughs> I want deep dish, no salami. See, I, I don't even care for Chicago pizza, and I would eat there just because of that. Like you win, you yeah, just walk bravo. in and clap. Then, I'll take two. And before <laughs> I get any like hate tweets or anything like that, let me, let me see. I don't like hate Chicago pizza. I I think it's fine and good. I just don't like the deep dish. It's just it's just too much pizza for me. Too much pizza? Too much pizza. So I, I like my little dainty thin crust. I like my LA uh, I like my LA pizza. It's thinner, it's more tan, and overall just <laughs> <It's> more tan. <laughs> the crust is just baked to tanness. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't order like different types of crust. You I just like order a base different... six. <laughs> yeah, I want a base four. <laughs> So I mean, and I eat my pizza with my pinky up. Like it, it makes sense. Because he's a dainty pizza eater. I'm a dainty pizza eater. That's a tongue twister. Dainty pizza eater. He was a one-eyed, one-horned dainty pizza. See? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to try to go off the you, purple people eater. I, and I, it, I saw, and I thought the same thing, but it just didn't work. It's all right. I fucked it up. What can I say? <laughs> so, but yeah, we've we've got some fun stuff coming, and I'm glad that our first convention of the year is is underway and i mean we had a good time i mean j- just a one day convention so it's like an eight hour convention overall for the day yeah but yeah it's just a, i mean we spent our hour and a half there i would definitely go back next year so it, yeah, yeah. it was a good time and good interviews like we talked about in the first half so and you'll hear those interviews now as we uh as we kind of wrap things up and yeah and you, got, you guys can enjoy these interviews now with uh with jim hillen and uh and margaret carey and thank you again to them for uh, for taking the time to to talk with us because it was yeah, it was really a fun. lot of fun, and they were they were really cool people to talk to. Yeah. So and, and you know look up some of their old work. I'm I'm gonna I know I'm gonna go back through Three Stooges stuff now to find her <laughs> in the Three Stooges. There's Tinkerbell. Yeah, because yeah. why is Tinkerbell with Mo? Don't watch out, he's going to hit you. Just like woo, 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 and then she sprinkles him with fairy dust, and he flies away. <laughs> <laughs> so I I, I, like I can your go woo, for woo, woo sound. Woo, 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 woo. Yep. <laughs> It's almost like I've been doing that for way too many years of my life. 
I think that's the sound that's always running through your head. It's very... There's high likelihood that it is, and it's just like the background noise that I usually hear. (laughs) So, well, yeah, we're going to go enjoy enjoy the sun a little bit more, and then I'm going to head over to UCB for some ASCAT tonight. Yeah. That's why it's become my regular Sunday night. ASCAT at UCB. So it's a, it's a I'm going to go watch Godfather Part 2. Ah. Yep. I watched the first one last Sunday. This Sunday's Part 2. Next Sunday will be 3. And then the next Sunday will probably be the special features. <laughs> You're uh, running out of DVDs, huh? <laughs> oh, no. I got plenty. Oh. <laughs> See, I, I bought the big, huge I bought, Blu- Blu-ray pack. Like, the special edition I, I Coppola bought, restoration. I bought it. the uh, all of the, the Godfathers at Amoeba for $5. Really? Five dollars. Yeah. And I, then I bought uh, Glen Gary, Glen Ross as well for like three dollars. Oh, nice. Yeah. Amoeba's like the worst yeah. place because oh, you find so many great deals. There's so <laughs> many cool movies and books. L- last night I bought... Endless music content. Because I always go in there and I get my uh, my uh, my vintage uh, comedy records. And last night I found, um, I found an old Jack Parr album, which, I mean, he was one of the very first hosts of The Tonight Show. And so, like, I was stoked to find that, and then I found an evening with Groucho. So there's an old Groucho Marx uh, album. That one, I was stoked to find that. And then, like, a couple weeks ago, I found uh, Weird Al's very first album on vinyl, and it was the original pressing and everything. And it was just like, yes, like it was. I was pretty stoked about it. Another one rides the bus. Is on that. Another, Another one, one rides the bus. The bus. <laughs> hey, I'm get to you. Another one rides. The bus. So, yeah, it's been been a great time today. Time to go back out, enjoy the weather. Enjoy the rest of this beautiful Sunday afternoon. And, uh, yeah, enjoy these interviews. Hope you all have a wonderful day, too. Yeah. Did I just say interviews? I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, enjoy these interviews uh, with Margaret Carey and uh, and Jim Hillen. So I'm here at Pasadena Comic-Con with Jim Hillen, the creator of Zombie Bunnies. Yep. Uh, Your your booth caught me by attention because I just loved the name immediately of Zombie Bunnies. So tell me a little bit about how how Zombie Bunnies came about, and uh, I know it's a spinoff from one of your previous comics, so tell me a little about this. Well, I started doing Wireheads in 2006. I did that for four years, and it was a comic strip format. So I've got them all published in books now, but uh, what happened was is that as the, it, it's, a, it's a, like a comedy workplace story like The Office, except that The Office happens to be a visual effects facility. Right. And so you've got a bunch of nerds in the dark with computers and getting completely mistreated by their clients. And so what happens after uh, a few years is that they're completely frustrated, trying to deliver things to their clients, getting really sleep deprived, and the zombie bunnies came in and started taking over. <laughs> So the zombie bunnies are basically little interdimensional characters. If you want to think of them as being millions of minions, that's what's going on. They basically obey their queen as to what they should be doing. Their queen is terribly afraid. We're going to invent technology that allows us to to ride through portals into other dimensions as well, like they can, and she really doesn't want that to happen. Because that's that's what they do. They, They come to our world through portals and they use mirrors to travel. And they're just trying to find out how close we're getting with this stuff. And if anyone's getting close, they, like, take them over to their place and, like, clean, clean their mind of whatever they've thought of. And that way they can't make portals. So they, they kind of men in black them in a way. <laughs> Very much so, yes. And, uh, I mean, people have called it, like, reverse Alice in Wonderland. I mean, all kinds of stuff. But, but uh, basically these guys are uh, doing what their queen wants them to do most of the time. Uh, there's one person involved in the story, Basil, uh, or Baz, who's the brother of the queen, sort of the black sheep of the royal family. 
and uh, and he's sort of a loose cannon, does things on his own. He ends up getting involved with a guy named Jeremy in the in the Zombie Bunny series. Um, and Jeremy is a guy who was an inventor who accidentally fell through the first portal he made, ended up in the zombie bunny kingdom, has no idea how to get back home, right? Because <laughs> he was in the middle of inventing the technology right. when it happened. And so, you know, Queen's worst nightmare, a human comes into their world, but they don't know where he is. He's in a desert north of the capital where the queen lives, and uh, he basically lives just north of their, their longtime enemy, the desert weasels. And so, uh, on an adventure with Baz, he ends up uh, going through the desert weasel territory to get down to the kingdom, and of course, immediately gets arrested. Right. So that's where we are in the story so far. So I, I absolutely love it. How, how did you come up with it? I mean, starting with Wireheads, and then, I mean, you mentioned this kind of spun off of that. How did you even start in with Wireheads? What was the, kind of the inspiration behind that? Well, I've been uh, a visual effects and animation artist in the industry for about 35 years. Oh, wow. And so. <laughs> Believe me, after a while, you develop a sense of humor that sort of keeps you <laughs> laughing at 3 a.m. when you're trying to get something delivered to someone who maybe doesn't appreciate it. So that's uh, where all the humor for Wireheads came from, and there's still lots of it that I see every day with, I mean, Big Bang Theory is basically a very similar kind of idea where you get people who are very, very math-driven, formula-driven uh, uh, in their lives, but they have really no social skills, and that's who these guys are that I work with. And, uh, and so what goes on is that uh, they try to figure out how to create social skills, how to become more social as they're using their sort of superpower to make a living. Okay, I, and, and so where did the zombie bunnies, I mean, you, you mentioned to me that it was kind of in a sleep deprived state. So how, right. how was it that they then kind of latched on to well, wireheads and spun off from there? Well, what was going on is that there was a, a woman named Janet uh, who was a production manager at, at uh, Rad VFX, which is the company they all work for. And uh, she was having these nightmares, or she thought, what they, she thought they were nightmares. Turns out she was actually dreaming her way into the Zombie Bunny Kingdom and sort of appearing in their world as a ghost, right? And so they were all freaked out by this, especially the queen, because they were afraid someone had figured out the whole portal technology. And so th thinking she has some kind of fantastic mojo that she's going to be spreading around the human world on how to use portals to travel to their, to their lands, uh, she has uh, the sneakiest trio of zombie bunnies follow her, and okay. that's where this all begins. And she just thinks she's having nightmares and can't sleep very well and can't really make it to the 8 o'clock meeting that their producer wants her to make it to. Anyway, that's awesome. where that all began. So, I mean, with going to these different conventions, how, how is it usually received? Do people usually, like myself, stop and they're like, what the hell is a zombie bunny? Well, a lot of people, <laughs> exactly, a lot of people... Uh, I like the people who stop and want to know more. A lot of people just assume it's about you know bunnies eating other bunnies and right. and it's 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 the the hopping dead or something like that, right? So, uh, but the truth is is that the only reason they're called zombie bunnies is because the first time Janet saw them, that's what she called them, because they came into her bedroom. They're all walking stiffly and everything. It turns out that the 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 portals they come through are like icy cold, and it takes a while to get through the portal. It's not instantaneous. Okay. So uh, by the time you get through, you're frozen stiff. Yeah. You know, and you're like walking through, shivering, and and it, so she just called them zombie bunnies, but that's not what they were. Okay. <laughs> so I, I absolutely love it. For anybody that's listening, where can they find it? You know, if they're not here in Pasadena or at any of the other conventions, how can they uh, be able to check out zombie bunnies? Well, uh, there is an online store uh, through Squarespace. Uh, for zombie bunnies, okay, and uh, you can go there and uh, to Squarespace and, and try to find us. But uh, basically, let's see. I think it's markets. Uh, let's see what 
Squarespace.com market slash zombie bunnies, I believe. Okay, excellent. Or it could be the kingdom of zombie bunnies, I forget which. Awesome. And are you anywhere on social media with it as well? What's that? Are you on social media oh, yeah. with it as well? Social media, sir, you go to our Facebook page, which is uh, Facebook.com, the kingdom of zombie bunnies. Excellent. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and best of luck with the uh, convention today. Thanks very much. You bet. I'm here with Margaret Carey. Now, you were the model behind Tinkerbell and Peter Pan. You're absolutely right, and you know what? I still am. You, you still are? <laughs> <laughs> you, you still are. I guess it's not past tense. So. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm looking at some of the photos here. I did not realize that when Peter Pan was made that for every one of Tinkerbell's movements, I mean, you were being filmed for every I single did every. I did every scene. We were on Soundstage 1. The reason it was Soundstage 1, they only had one Soundstage <laughs> at the time. And they put me out in the middle of the, of the soundstage with a complete 35 millimeter camera crew, all the lights of, of the juniors, the seniors, whatever they wanted to call them. <laughs> and then there was Mark Davis and Jerry Geronimi, who was the Uber director over the whole movie, or one of the three. And Mark Davis would show me what they had thought they wanted Tinkerbell to do. So I said, okay. And I stepped out in front of the camera and tried something. And they said, we like that. Let's do that. But we want you to hit the mark over here instead of there. And I would do it. And they would say, print it. And let's take one for uh, protection. So I became known as Two Take Tink. <laughs> so, so the reason being is uh, uh, people. it's very hard for people to understand that when you make a movie like Peter Pan, it's three years, and they work on different sequences and change their minds, right. and all those different things. So, uh, in my case, it was Mark Davis who designed Tinkerbell. I digress a moment. He also designed Pirates of the Caribbean, oh, wow. The Haunted Mansion, Space Mountain, Cruella de Vil, a Bambi when he was little, Flower, Thumper, Cinderella, he was one of the nine old men. That's incredible. Dearest it was to me. He was the dearest man. So gentle and so kind. And he was brilliant. I mean, he would say to me, we want her to be upset. <laughs> and I said, well, Mr. Davis, that's how long ago it was. I said, Mr. Davis. I said, uh, you know, what do you, what do you mean upset? That man would take a sheet of animation paper and a, a large pen and in about 20 seconds showed me what he wanted on her face. So he was just drawing immediately Tinkerbell's face, yes. showing you. Yes, uh, it, it was astounding, because she's very difficult to draw. Uh, she has a flat head, yeah. <laughs> believe it or not, which is adorable with this little hair. But uh, the first time that I stepped out in front of the camera, I said to Mr. Davis, what do you want Tinkerbell to be? Do you want her to be ditzy like Lady Boo? Do you want her to be above it all, like Queen of the Fairies? And he said, Margaret, we want her to be you. So that is when Tinkerbell and I became one, really. <laughs> be they had two dimensions of this absolutely delightful character, and I brought the third dimension to it. And I'm still Tinkerbell. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, what was the process like when you first were cast as Tinkerbell? Was it what you expected, or was it completely different than what you were anticipating? Uh, no, actually it was, there were parts of it I went, when I stepped on the stage and I wore a one-piece bathing suit because they didn't have to make a costume, they could mm -hmm. 
there were over uh, there were lights up on the catwalk. I mean, some very serious movie yeah. lights, and I'm going, why are they there? And and then I asked uh, Mark Davis, and he said, because we want your body outlined. So those lights are behind you and are outlining every move so that the animator can pick it up. That was new to me. That, that was actually new. We zoomed through things because they had already chosen me and I have a rather round figure, not straight up and down figure. And as they say in James M. Berry's book, Peter Pan, <laughs> At the nursery scene, it says, there was a new light in the room, much brighter than the little night lights, but when it paused for just a moment, you could see it was not a light at all. It was a little fairy, a girl named Tinkerbell. She was clothed in a skeletal leaf cut low and square that showed her figure off to best advantage. <laughs> now, how long uh, of a process during the day would you be working? What is it like an eight hour day or like how long would you be working on stage? Well, actually I would show up about 10 o'clock and I would go over and have my hair done, believe it or not. And then I would usually meet about 11 o'clock, I would meet uh, Mark Davis and the camera people walking over to the soundstage. That's where I, uh, I digress a bit again. That's where I first saw them working on the mechanical alligator for Walt, uh, for Disneyland. And I thought, what in the world are they doing? <laughs> and, uh, then we would go and we would work and then we would sometimes break for lunch almost immediately and then come back ready to work. And no, I never worked over two or three hours. You see, I, I was very fortunate, although I've been an actress since I'm four years old, yes, that was 85 years ago. I'm still working at it. Yeah. But um, I did not have to uh, sync any lines that I had already recorded for the uh, movie because Tinkerbell didn't talk in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that made it much faster to yeah. do everything. Now, uh, C Catherine Beaumont, she was amazing. She had to learn, relearn her lines every night before she came to do this work when she was doing her modeling. But she had to do it with two little boys who had to remember their lines. Remember, because she did not do it solo. Mm -hmm. And then she had Bobby uh, Driscoll as Peter Pan. Hers was much more difficult to do than mine, really. She, she was just bar. She became a teacher, by the way. At 18, she gave up everything, oh, Kathy, wow. and went to, uh, to university and became a school teacher. And she taught second grade for almost 30 years. Wow, that's incredible, just going to give it up and then give back. Oh, yes, yes. That life was gone, she would say, with her delightful British accent. <laughs> she still has it, you know. They still call her Ola to do some of the recording for Disneyland. Oh, that's incredible. Yes. 
So, well, Margaret, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. It's, it's amazing to see this and learn more of your story. And May I say that I have a book that has yeah, all this story, and I also talk about being on the Andy Griffith Show. I just got back from a cruise with them. I was worked with the Three Stooges, 139 oh, wow. episodes. I did voiceovers for about six, 600 cartoons for television. I also worked in the movie with Eddie Cantor, Tap Dancing. I still travel, I still do uh, uh, talks. I'm headed for Florida again, and I tap dance on stage at the age of 89. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that you're staying active and staying in it. And, and again, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Well, I'm delighted, and uh, so you can get my book. It's called Tinkerbell Talks, Tales of a Pixie Dust of Life. Just remember Tinkerbell Talk. Yeah. And you go to, that's the name of the website, TinkerbellTalks.com. And a fan came out of the woodwork and set up my website. It is gorgeous. Oh, that's wonderful. So you, just to go see it is great fun. And the other thing I would like to say to both of you, to Tim and to Austin, is uh, I want to send faith and trust and a whole bunch of pixie dust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Margaret. You're welcome.